lets me start off with what I was just talking about. This mm-hmm. this pool of undecided voters is big enough to put anybody, any any one of you nine candidates over the top. So how do you get those people? You get those people by, you know, you know telling your truth, first of all. You know, telling what you really believe in, you know, how did you make the city better, what your commitment to the city is. Uh, that's what I do when I talk to individuals uh, one by one or in small groups or in large groups. I don't, I don't tell them things that they want to hear. I tell them the truth. I tell them about, you know, how great the city is, but we have challenges and how to deal with those challenges. And I think that I'm the one that has the vision and the experience to do that. It has been very difficult with a field of nine for everybody to get the kind of financing and endorsements they need to move up in the race. Um, Where do things stand with you along those lines right now? Well, uh, financing, I I am obviously, you've seen the the, the printouts. I, I don't have a lot of money and I have not been able to raise a lot of money. I had Commitments on the front end that that bailed once I um, I injured myself early in the season and a lot of people didn't think I was going to ultimately run at all but I, I feel great I feel much much better um, you know I'm out here every day and I'm I'm pushing my truth and I'm pushing my my vision and experience and my ability to get things done and and my proven ability to get things done on the city council floor and I can continue that as mayor. You have been alderman of the 6th Ward, I believe it is, for 12 years now? That's correct. I had this conversation with uh, Raymond Lopez when he first Mm -hmm. announced that he was going to run for mayor. And uh, he and I have known each other a long time. I consider us friendly, if not friends. And my, my comment to him was, why on earth would you give up the perfectly good job of being an alderman where you've had success, where you seem to be happy to run for mayor of the city of Chicago. Roderick, I ask you the same thing. You know, Joan, I I love what I do. I love helping people. I love being in the community where I was born and raised. But I felt that my city needed more and deserved more, and I want to make sure that I... I, you know, can be a part of that conversation on, on, you know, what the 21st century Chicago is supposed to look like. Look, Joan, I, I, you know, I love what I do, but I was never going to stay in this position forever. Um, I wanted to make sure that others had an opportunity to serve in public service like I've had the opportunity to serve. But this should not be a lifetime position. It's not guaranteed to me. And quite honestly, uh, in good times, or if I would have had a better time, I might have tried to stay one more term, but that would have been it. Uh, but uh, obviously, this was a challenging period uh, these last four years uh, uh, dealing with the current administration. And I felt that it was time for me to go. But at the same time, I felt that I can do more, that, that I can, you know, I still had a lot to offer the city. And I wanted to make sure that I presented myself and offered myself to the city because Again, I've had great experiences on the city council floor. I've been a part and led in some transformative legislation that has benefited the city. And I think that this is, the you know, I am the type of leader that Chicago needs to go forward. And I saw what the differences are between the current administration and quite honestly, even the last administration and myself. I think I'm much more collaborative. I think that I I have good relationships with everyone, not just on the city council floor, but in uh, state, county, and federal uh, elections as well. I have that relationship. I have the ability to get things done, and I wanted to avail myself to the city of Chicago 
because uh, I think they need a real, true public servant to do the job. We are talking to Sixth Ward Alderman Roderick Sawyer. He is running to be the next mayor of the city of Chicago. He will be on your ballot February 28th. If you live in the city of Chicago, we're going to continue our discussion right after this. Podcasts of Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive, are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Just search WCPT 820. This is Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive, on WCPT 820. We are talking to mayoral candidate and 6th Ward Alderman Roderick Sawyer. Um, Mr. Sawyer, you are going to be at the hideout tonight for a um, um, what they're calling a mayoral madness live event. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What What is going to be, when you have the floor to give that live audience your message, you know, whether it's a minute that they give you or a minute and a half, what is it that you're going to say to those folks? Well, again, I'm going to tell them what I believe is the future of Chicago and how we can all be a part of it and how we can all benefit from it. So I want to people to know that, you know, what I do, I do, you know, in sincerity. I do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. When I, I commit to something, I commit to it in full. So, you know, I'm up for the task. I'm ready to go. And I hear it's going to be a little wacky. So uh, <laughs> I will be... uh as engaging as I can be, but at the same time trying to give some good information. But, of course, uh, I can go along with the fun. I'm as fun as anybody. You know, uh, there have been a number of sources uh, that commenting on this mayor's race that have said there are too many African-Americans in uh, the race, that the vote, the African-American vote, is going to be diluted to the point where we might not have an African-American mayor, but rather a white mayor, Paul Vallis, or a Hispanic mayor, Chewy Garcia. As a matter of fact, um, Reverend Dr. Willie Wilson even took Indigo Magazine to task for saying uh, that they were saying there were too many African-Americans in the race and that everybody should get behind one candidate. Have you been approached by any of the other folks in the race with an offer, you know, um, support my candidacy and, you know, um, give me a better chance to win this? Are you worried about that? Um, no, I'm not. You know what? I'm not worried about that. And I, I consider that a false narrative. I, I don't like that. We're still doing things that we were doing 40 years ago. And I, I thought we were progressing much further than that. If I see someone not doing their job, I think it's my responsibility and my obligation to stand up and say something about it. And sometimes necessary to pick up a pen and get petition signed and run for that office in, in opposition to that person. doesn't mean I don't, I don't like that person. I, I dislike him or anything. It's just that my political views differ from them. Now, just the fact that six other black candidates had that same idea in mind means that we're no longer considered a monolith. We have different opinions just because we're black. Don't mean we all think the same. So I, I reject that as a false narrative, and I further condemn the statements made by both the Hermine Hartman and uh, Mayor Lightford in saying that vote or you know vote for me or don't vote. You know that's classic voter suppression. You know mm-hmm. I tell people just the opposite: vote whether you vote for me or not, but vote. I I rather you vote than just vote for me. Obviously, I want that vote, but I want you to exercise that franchise and participate. So anything that you say that 
discourages participation. You're not a true Chicagoan. You're not, you're not really in favor of people, you know, uh, casting opinions. You just want to win at all costs. And that's what I will not do. And I do not do that. I was not raised that way. The flip side of that coin, which I've also heard people say, uh, is that because Chicago is now a majority black and brown city, that a white person uh, will couldn't will never be elected mayor or couldn't be elected mayor this time around. That's sort of the opposite side of the coin we've just talked about. Do you think there's any truth in that? This is the challenge. And I put the challenge on to every Chicagoan here, and I'll say it in one word. Vote. When we're voting at a 30% clip, anything can happen. If you really truly want uh, true equity in this city, and since this city is two-thirds black and brown, how about that two-thirds black and brown vote at a 90-plus percent clip? That's what we should be doing. That's what we should be concentrating on instead of there are too many candidates in the race or you're going to split a vote, black vote or Latino vote. Let's all vote and let's count the votes honestly, but let's get involved. Let's stop complaining and, and get into, you know, get in, the, get in the game. Let's do this and then we can defeat all those false narratives about uh, whether the, the ones that you just said about, you know, too many blacks in the race or on the opposite, uh, the city is two-thirds black and brown. We can show that by exercising that franchise, voting, and we can vote for the candidate of a choice. And let's do this. So I, I put that challenge to every Chicagoan out there that's listening. When she faced Tony Preckwinkle in the runoff for the uh, previous mayor's race, Lori Lightfoot won all 50 wards in the city of Chicago. Now, by most estimates, people don't think she will even make it into the runoff this time around. Why do you see that happening? She has the power of the incumbency. Why do you see her in such a deep hole right now? Well, even though I, I don't like to waste time talking about other candidates beside myself since I'm in the race, but I'll, I'll humor you on this one. This is an incident where, you know, people see what they see. You know, you see leadership that has gone off hinges far too many times. Uh, you see uh, an opinion one day on something. You see another opinion the next day on the same thing, which would be different. Uh, Chicago deserves consistency and someone that has a calm, soothing demeanor, but at the same time, a strong voice and will advocate for the citizens of Chicago. That's what we need here in Chicago. Uh, and that's what they did not see in the current administration with the current mayor. And I think that uh, that's why so many people are deciding to get involved in this race, because they saw and they were disappointed in the leadership that was exhibited by the current mayor. Like all the other candidates for mayor, I know that you have said that uh, Superintendent David, Chicago Police Superintendent David Brown has to go. Talk about, tell us one facet of your public safety program or how you would make policing better and more equitable for the city of Chicago. Uh, well, Joan, I think I've already done that in, in being the chief sponsor and, and leader in the Empowering Communities for Public Safety Ordinance, which we have now and will be voting on in up, also in this upcoming election. We now will be voting for community commissioners that will have that direct connection with the police and the community. Also, uh, they in turn vote for a citywide commission, which has direct contact with the superintendent and also makes choices uh, for new superintendents. Uh, to be uh, selected by the, the incoming mayor. So this is something that I've started doing already. This is something I have worked on for seven years 
and glad to have finally got it implemented. And quite honestly, worked on that with the support of candidate Lightford. Mayor Lightford, on the other hand, fought it every step of the way where it took us two and a half years during her administration to pass something that she said she was going to pass in the first hundred days. What changed? Was there something about the bill you'd written up that no longer appealed? Actually, our bill came out even stronger because we, uh, I was working with a group called GAPA and then a group called CPAC. We got together and made it even stronger ordinance. And we worked day and night for years together in making sure that we had the most forward thinking, the most advanced ordinance in public safety in the country right now. That's what we have in Chicago. And I was proud to bring that to, to the city of Chicago. We are talking with six ward alderman, Roderick Sawyer. He is going to be on the ballot this coming Tuesday to uh, be the next mayor of the city of Chicago. We are going to take a break and be back with more right after this. Attention, everyone. Don't turn that dial. Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive, returns right now on WCPT 820. I'm speaking with mayoral candidate Roderick Sawyer. He has been the older person for the 6th Ward for 12 years now. And I know uh, one of the issues that uh, you have really done a deep dive into and have ideas about is public transportation, how to expand it, how to make it more safe. Talk about that, if you wouldn't mind, Roderick. A couple of things. Obviously, all of us want clean, safe, reliable transportation. Uh, but we have to make sure that the experience is, is, is such that people want to return and get it on a daily basis. It's far too important for our environment, for business operations, for you know everything to have a viable transportation system. But this is how we do it. Safety, we can do a couple of things. One, obviously we can cancel the contract that has the, the dogs and, and the, the unarmed people with the dogs on the trains. We need to return with armed security or police on the trains. One of the ways we can do that is, currently we have about a couple of hundred officers at airports right now, and they're on the periphery. They're on, usually on the outside, just hanging around, uh, conducting traffic, things like that. We can remove them, replace them, and of the extra officers that we have, we can allocate them towards uh, CTA. Uh, obviously, we need to work with the unions. Uh, it's, as with safety, uh, cleanliness is concerned. I, every forum that I've been to, I've heard the two words far too often, urine and weed. You know, that's what the public transportation is like. We have to do better in making sure that it's, it's clean and it's fresh and we have people there all the time, particularly on the rail lines, making sure that's done. Uh, and reliability. Reliability, we have a bus and train tracker system that far too often does not work. We need to make sure with, with the advent of technology, if a train says it's supposed to be there at 5.11 p.m., it should be there at 5.11 p.m. or give an indication on that tracker that it's going to be two minutes late or three minutes late. These are the things that are common sense things that we have to do to make the experience better for those that take public transportation. The CTA, as well as O'Hare, uh, have both of those pl- locations have also become a s- sort of shelters. Um, I've yes. heard from a lot of my friends who uh, take public transportation, and uh, they always say, you know, if if they have to take like a really early train in the morning, mm-hmm. dollars to donuts, uh, there'll be somebody 
on the bus or on the train, just in back with all their possessions, fast asleep. Um, that seems like a pretty poor solution to the problem of the unhoused. How would you fix that? Yes. Well, look, my, uh, this is not a new problem, but it, it's obviously exacerbated because of COVID and other, other things, obviously. Uh, my sister served as, as a commissioner at Family Support Services some years ago, and she uh, used to tell me about this problem and how we need to do better at dealing with our unhoused. And it's not just putting them in shelters. Shelter is another archaic thing that the city of Chicago still does. We still have the same types of shelters that we had at the turn of the last century, not this, not the 21st century, the turn of the 20th century. Uh, we need to really dive down and find out how we can really help our unhoused. And not, I mean, it's, it's, it's in addition to uh, the obvious answer in finding housing, you know, because when someone's experiencing unhoused uh, homelessness like we're de- dealing with right now, we have to de- dive deeper into what's going on. Is it a social emotional issue? Do you need some counseling? Do you need assistance in other things besides housing uh, to make this person whole again? These people are hurt and I deal with them on a daily basis. A lot of alders do. And every time that we come up to them and ask them about getting help, can we, how much kind of help we give? They refuse almost every time. So we're going to have to take a really deeper dive and it's not just throwing money on top of the problem. Money's not going to solve the problem in and of itself. That's why a lot of people think that, you know, if you, you do this thing and we collect all this money, this will solve homelessness. No, it won't. You know, ask, talk to a homeless person one day and they really will tell you uh, that their problems are deeper than just being unhoused. Uh, they don't like going into some of these shelters that we have now. They'd rather be under a viaduct or lower whacker because at least they feel that they're part of a community. And this is what they've told us many times when we talk to them. Is there one, I know you've done like a thousand forums and a million interviews since you've been in this race, but is there one issue or program or policy that nobody's asked you about and you would really like to talk about or pretty much have all the bases been covered? Or is there something, you know, that you're frustrated, you know, every time they never ask me about X. One thing, uh, two things, actually, and, and I think we talk a little bit more about them. And one is older persons. You know, we, we normally call seniors, but I've, I've learned that the preferred term is older persons now. <laughs> or as I, in my case, I call myself just an old fart, but go ahead. I just call me, you're just me, right? Just, <laughs> I, I laugh because I'm, I'm two months out of 60, so I, I, I feel it. I understand it. And, and I'm getting it on a personal level now, but I don't think we talk about it enough. And the other thing that we don't talk about is, and is, because it's not exciting and sexy, but government operation. Government operation is the key to what our problems are here in the city of Chicago, because we're still operating on, again, an archaic system of government, even though this is the 21st century. We need to do better on all levels of government operation so that we can serve everybody in Chicago, not just a few. And that's part of, Joan, that's part of a long conversation. But I think you've had Joe Ferguson on your show before, or at least yeah. saw what he's been doing with Reimagine Chicago. I'm a big supporter of that. I think that this is the way we need to go to reset Chicago, which is actually where I got my, my hashtag from on my campaign, was having a breakfast meeting with Joe Ferguson several months ago. Uh, and that's what really popped in my head when we were talking back and forth about how government operations are so bad uh, and they're steeped in, in archaic 
um, forms of government. We're still talking about the bossism under the turn of the century that we're still operating under. Uh, many mayors were still called instead of legislators, which we're truly supposed to be called. Mm-hmm. And it's really a deep dive, but Joe Ferguson does a really great job. At, and I would suggest your listeners to look into Reimagine Chicago, his website, and look at what he's doing. And this is what I would work with uh, day one under the administration uh, once I'm elected mayor. And it is a population that's growing and is going to be continuing to grow for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. That's correct. So it's going to be whatever problems there are now, uh, if they don't get fixed, they're only going to get worse. Um, we got to fix them now. We cannot wait any longer. We have to fix them now. Real quick, um, my listeners always want to know about some real specific things. Um, you know, what do you think about the NASCAR deal? And what do you think about uh, the casino that's coming in? Uh, what do you think about those NASCAR two things? We'll deal, start there. Bad deal. Um, NASCAR deal, bad deal. And I'm, I'm a race car fan. I, I like race car driving as much as the next person. But I, I think that we got shortchanged on that deal. There was no involvement, uh, particularly around the residents in those affected areas. Uh, I had an opportunity to speak with a couple of groups over there. They are extremely upset because there was no engagement by the administration as, as to what they're going to do for those two weeks that they're going to be isolated, basically, uh, because of the, uh, the NASCAR events. Uh, casino, same issue. Engagement. You have to talk to these people. Uh, we had talked to the individuals that are being directly affected by what's going on in their neighborhood. They feel that they're getting a short end of this, and uh, it is something that, that is problematic because they feel that the lack of engagement led to the decision that was made. And we, as alders, we obviously rely upon the, the home ward where it's located and the home alderman had supported it fully. And, you know, we, uh, based on that recommendation, we, you know, supported him in that endeavor, but come to find out shortly thereafter that the individuals, more and more individuals in those affected areas do not like it. And we should have had much more engaged, but we didn't have to rush this project. It was going to happen. We just make sure that it happens the right way. Earlier today, I was talking to Mayor Lori Lightfoot, and she said that she's going to do an all-out full press to keep the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. As mayor, what would you do on that? Well, I, I wouldn't have uh, disparaged them in the first con- last conversation before you said that. Uh, I think that, again, uh, the way that you uh, engage with individuals is going to dictate how the outcome. And that outcome was quick. They immediately, right after that conversation, where, you know, she had some disparaging words toward them about, you know, getting a better team and all the other things that she said, they immediately went looking at Arlington Heights. And we know that's not, that's, that's the worst kept secret in the world. They've been looking at Arlington Heights for decades. But uh, here's the problem. Soldier Field is too small. Soldier Field is about 20, maybe even 30,000 uh, short of what it should be with the smallest stadium in the league. And it's not owned by the bears. So uh, it's actually quite prudent for the bears to look to have their own team. I'm, I'm upset and I'm, I'm not happy because I'm a bears fan and want them to stay in Chicago. But um, if you're getting pushed, you know, sometimes if you're getting pushed, you're just going to go in that direction. And they went in that direction in response of the, of the negative attention they were seeking, were getting based on the mayor's uh, comments. So I, I'm upset that they're going, but I do understand why they're going. I don't know if any additional push that we can do will save them 
short of, of attaching, attaching 30,000 people and a dome on soldier field, which I don't see feasible, but, um, you know, I, I, I would support her in her endeavors if she's successful. God bless her. Uh, I, I, but I, I don't, I don't see them coming back. If you do not make it into the runoff, where do you go from here? Well, I'll continue to find a way to serve Chicago. I mean, I've been a lawyer for 33 years. I've, I've had other licenses uh, that I can benefit from, but uh, my true calling is, is being a public servant in some type of way. Uh, maybe in this time, not an elected public servant. Maybe I'll do some volunteer work or sit on a board or I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, but right now my, my total focus is running for mayor of the city of Chicago and I'm running a hundred, hundred miles an hour with all gas, no brakes in that direction. <laughs> and after that happens, after that happens, I'll find it. I think I'll be okay, but you know, but, uh, I'm, all my concentration, all my efforts is on this right now. But March 1st, uh, hopefully that I, I'm, I'm successful and, and at least make it further. And if not, I'll figure out what I'll do with my wife and family. And, and you know, we'll, we'll work it out. I'll be okay. Well, have some fun at the hideout tonight. I don't know uh, what exactly they have planned, but I don't think it's going to be business as usual. So um, Alderman Roderick Sawyer is going to be at the hideout tonight. Uh, it's uh, The tickets are gone. As a matter of fact, I saw them announced today that even though you've registered, it's going to be first come, first serve. And there are more people registered than will fit. So if you really uh, want to see these candidates, uh, I'd get over there sooner rather than later to, to snag a seat. Alderman uh, Sawyer, thank you so much for joining us. I wish you luck on Tuesday. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. That's going to do it for me. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez is next. Santita will be here tomorrow at 6 a.m. I will see you tomorrow at 2. Until then, have a great evening. Stay safe, my friends. Good night. Good night.